Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's Senior Bowl invite season, and I can already smell half these guys not actually attending. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the only authority on the correlation between Midwest Emo and Maction. And with me, as always, is AJ. That's why not Purdue, Marchese. I'm really surprised you haven't pl- plugged your uh, Substack yet on the podcast. Wait, I was waiting. Don't worry. It's coming. Okay. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who flashed, dashed, and smashed in week 11 of college football. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley. Or Thibodeau, who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wager future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. My favorite teams are all the ones in Texas. And that's why I've started a Spotify green room called the Texas Tornado, where each week I go live from the live audio-only sports talk platform and I tornado through where each school stands in the college football world. Meep, meep, UTSA is number one in my Texas Tornado rankings. But guess what? Texas is the last place because they suck. Fire Sark. I said it. And you can hear things like that from me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time at Spotify Greenroom. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Share your own experiences and takes on the app. It's your chance 
to be featured on the Texas Tornado podcast if you join Spotify Green Room. You can come on as many times as you want and just shoot the shit on Texas football. Download the Spotify Green Room app from the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group. You'll be notified when Spotify Green Rooms go live. Uh, speaking of going live, Senior Bowl invites went live, and they went live in a fury already this week. They began yesterday, and they've been pouring in like molasses onto potatoes. Am I right, AJ? Oh, you're darn tootin' there, Bobby boy. Uh, you see old Nagster's uh, green flag, or check Yeah, I guess it's a green flag to start a race. Old tweet. He's like, get your engines going, baby, and uh, they're going all right. Oh, I thought the only flag old Jim respected was the red, <laughs> white, and blue. Uh, uh, well, the, the NASCAR flag is the second official flag of the United States of America. I'm glad he changed the names of the, the, the Senior Bowl team names. Because really, the country was divided before that. He brought it together. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of disrespect for the country in America. Shout out Jim no Nagy. Longer. Shout out Jim Nagy. Read the Bruce Feldman piece on the Senior Bowl thing. That was cool. Um, I will. A lot of Connor Hayward talk. Wasn't it? Oh, maybe I, maybe I won't read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, a flurry of invites already. I'll read through them. You, you tell me who uh, piques your interest the most. How about that? I've, we've done this before and we'll do it again. I hope not. I hope this is the last time. <laughs> I wish they dumped them all at once. It'd be kind of nice. I hope to drift off into the sweet abyss after this episode. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Uh, okay, Senior Bowl acceptances. As of 8.04 p.m. on Tuesday, November 6th. So don't yell 10th. at me if I miss someone because I got them all right now. Uh, Bailey, November 16th. What did I say? 6th. Oh, whatever. Same shit. Time's faded. It it's a flat circle. Um, Amen. Okay, Senior Bowl acceptances. Bailey, First and foremost. Oh, my God. Bailey. First and foremost. <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm going to watch my action. You can do this if you want. Bailey Zappi, the only one that matters. And there's the only one I was going to talk about anyways. Who else we got? Bailey Zappi, quarterback, Western Kentucky. Bo Melton, Rutgers receiver. Virginia Tech receiver, Trey Turner. Memphis receiver, Calvin Austin III. A flurry of tackles. Memphis's Dylan Parham. Louisiana's Max Mitchell. Fordham's uh, Nick Zakaji. I don't know if that's right. This is Southern Utah's Braxton Jones. Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning. Uh, interior defensive lineman from UConn, Travis Jones, Florida defensive lineman, Zachary Carter, Miami of Ohio, edge rusher, Dominique Robinson, Penn State, edge rusher, Arnold Ebiketti, Penn State linebacker, edge hybrid, and Canadian, Jesse Lakuta, Texas A&M linebacker, and Hansford, Utah linebacker, Devin Lloyd, Nebraska linebacker, Jojo Doman, Nebraska corner, Cam Taylor Britt, Fayetteville State corner Joshua Williams, Miami of Ohio safety Sterling Weatherford, and Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker. Who piques your interest the most on the offensive side of the ball? I already forgot the whole. <laughs> Billy Zappy, obviously, Rob. Um, no, how about for you? Let's talk with Kellen Turner. I think that's a that's a Calvin exciting Austin. moment for Calvin, you, Rob. Calvin yeah, Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin. Uh, Austin I think I think he's gonna dominate one-on-ones i think he's one of the most underrated red runners in the country uh a little small but we saw what um undersized red runners like d eskridge and demetric felton did last year at mm-hmm. the senior bowl i think calvin austin's gonna have a 
uh, a rise. I think he's going to end up probably a fourth round guy. I'm going to be higher on him than the vast majority of people. But he ended the season as a priority UDFA in a lot of people's eyes. And I think him getting the senior bowl invites huge. He's been awesome this year for the Tigers. I'm really excited about him. See, I'm glad I picked him because you had a whole thing ready there. Um, lots of random small school offensive linemen so far but, already. But, okay. Um, I think Pen- Penning's the talk of the town right now. Of course. Yeah, who, of who's course. potential first-round guy. Uh, better better than his teammate who went in the third round. You throw on the tape, you absolutely love what Trevor Penning does on tape. I'm excited mm-hmm. about Braxton Jones, too. Because he, he was a guy who had some murmurs uh, uh, in, like, talk before the season. I dove into him yeah. a little bit. He's, like, technically super flawed, but the, the twitchy as hell. You can see the athleticism just dripping off him. Kind of gives me, like, when Trey Pipkins went in the third round type vibes where, like, Braxton mm. Jones is going to get end up getting overdrafted for what he could be and not what he is. But this is a huge prove-it week for him at the Senior Bowl, and I'm really excited about that one. And uh, I think Penning's going to solidify himself as a first-round pick yeah. if he hasn't already. No, I think Penning is clearly the the highlight name on offense there. Um, Parham, his week is going to be pretty interesting too, and see if they kick him around off the line a bit. Undersized dude can move really well. Uh, him getting center reps, I think, is going to be huge down in uh, Mobile. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Defense side of the ball, though. I okay. mean, I think well, Devin, Devin Lloyd's the highlight, right? I think you you have a couple a couple highlights uh, at each level. I mean, Arnold. Abiketti, that's a huge one. He's been one of the biggest risers this year. You get I'm, him on the D-line. Yeah. Devin yeah. Lloyd at linebacker. And then Jaquan Brisker at safety. I think those are three home runs. But I think yeah. you're right. Devin Lloyd's the one you get the most excited about. Because especially with everything you hear about his character, like he's just going to go there. Everyone's going to fall in love with him. He's going to be so much more explosive and athletic than every other linebacker there. Not named Jojo Doman. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain he's going to end up a first-round guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this week will kind of solidify him there, assuming he actually ends up going. Um, what? It, wh- how excited are you to see Ebiketti? You've you've been long on the Ebiketti train. Yeah, I was going to mention him on this show, regardless of uh, same. Yeah. Um, no, I'm. I think that's awesome. Obviously, Temple transferred to Penn State. I think that's going to be a huge week for him. Uh, he's already been fantastic this year. No, I, I love that. I think he's been he's been amazing this year. We already we'll talk about him more later, but. No, that's awesome. Uh, Brisker, who I was also going to mention on this podcast, too, uh, that's going to be a big, big week for him, too. And I think he's going to be a guy that, that passes the uh, – I mean, there's no interview process, but, like, the you know, just talking to scales. He's going to pass out with flying colors there. But I think the early returns on the Senior Bowl invites is uh, just a sign of the class in general where, you know, early defensive returns much more exciting than, than early offensive, and I think that's just the way the class is. And we even get a guy from a school we haven't heard of, Fiveville State, yeah, from in Fiveville, North Carolina. Where we get a six-three corner in Joshua Williams. I'm excited to find out way more about him because there's always going to be guys you don't really know too much about because the NFL's just ahead of us on things. Especially like like long small school corners from North Carolina. I feel like that's a trend. Gotta have them. Um, <laughs> and because I'm the Maction man. I just want to touch on the, the two Miami, Ohio guys. Sterling Leatherford's a 6'4", 220-pound safety who, mm-hmm. who's asked to play single high at times. I'm excited to see how he looks, um, especially if asked to man up on guys. And I think Dominique Robinson's one of the more interesting guys just overall because he, he, he was a wide receiver for two years. During the COVID year, he switched to defensive end, bulked up to 256, 
and he's been one of the better, uh, more disruptive defensive players in the MAC this year. So he's a he's a guy, raw athlete who's still learning the position. I'm excited to see what we get out of him in, in Mobile. Jim's got you uh, all fired up already. I, I love it. Just gotta get a couple more MAC guys there, and I'll be good. I kind of like the the Miami double down like right off the bat. Yeah, no, you, you, as they say, get as many Red Hawks into, into Alabama mm-hmm. as you possibly can, and things will go right. Uh, can't wait to see what we got next week, Rob. I hope it's like six guys. Uh, okay. Week 11, college football. Or wait, yeah, we're, that was week 11, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's crazy. Time flies. It is. Um, Anything, anything games wise that really stood out to you? I mean, the rankings, for for the most part, stayed the same. The Wake NC State game was uh, a nail biter, but Wake came through. Now ranked in the top ten. Uh, Ohio State blew the doors off Purdue. Michigan barely beat Penn State, but for the most part, the rankings are kind of what what they already were. Um, anything, anything get you going other than that Baylor running over Oklahoma? No, it was kind of like. Uh, not the most exciting week, I thought. Again, it was chalk. It was chalky. Uh, Baylor also, like, although that game was tight, Baylor felt like they were in control the whole time. Anyway, the whole time, yeah. You know, I never felt like they were going to lose, which is really impressive. And I mean, it makes for an, an unfun upset, but it was really impressive. Yeah, um, but yeah, chalk week. Otherwise, so let's just dive in. Best freshman. Uh. I'm going to give you two, and they're both in the Ohio State backfield running the ball. I thought the duo of Henderson and Mayan Williams were uh, pretty fucking fantastic against Purdue. Uh, Mayan went over 100 yards. Henderson went over just under and looked explosive as usual. I, I enjoy Mayan Williams more. I'm not saying he's the better football player, but I enjoy the Beanie Wells <laughs> style, bowling ball style. And he looks really good, man. He's looked good in a couple games, and I'm glad that they're, that they're like just working him in more. He had more carries in, than Henderson did, but I, I kind of want to see this. I want to see them kind of go to him more and, like, you know, let Henderson, let them chase down Henderson and let Mayan Williams go bowl him over. Yeah, those two are my uh, my picks as well. Um, Mayan Williams was flashed a little bit last year as a true freshman, mm-hmm. um, and I thought he might be a little bit of a breakout guy this year, but obviously Trevion Henderson yeah. is that dude. But uh, yeah, they're they're a wicked one-two punch. You're kind of finding their legs at the right time. Um, I don't think Master Teague's gonna have much of a role once he's healthy behind these no. two. Um, I think yeah. In a week, I didn't notice a ton, a ton of freshmen. I thought those were two pretty good choices. Um, a, a less like statistically dominant performance, but an exciting one. I thought from Texas A&M's Demond Demoss. He was he was the only. Uh, non Aeneas Smith, non mm-hmm. um, um, HN David guy, Shane, yeah. yeah, who could do anything, and he he tall, wiry, but like really good ball skills, and they were talking him up a lot on the broadcast, and he seems like a guy who's probably gonna break out down the road. AM's got a lot of talent, and I think they're gunning for like the top recruiting class, are they not? Yeah, did like, you see what Jimbo said? Yeah, what do you say? He won't go to LSU because he doesn't want to play against Tamu's recruiting class, basically. He said he'd be the stupidest human in the world to, to leave Texas A&M for LSU. 
Yep, and I said that when he left Florida State, and look how stupid I look, Rob. Amen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he does. He did. Def- he did definitely look good, and uh, they just need a fucking quarterback. They got one. In, in the Calzone, man? Yeah, I mean, he beat Alabama. He did beat Alabama. Number two that's, team that's in the it. country. That's all he's got to do. He'll never buy another drink in uh, in, in the state, but that's it. Um, that was all my freshmen. It's just, just the Ohio State, too. Same, same. Let's get let's get into sophomores where I'm going to stick. Uh, At Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, you can't not say C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith in the jig boat for what they did against Purdue. Um, Stroud shaping up, I think, to be him and Bryce Young to be the top two passers in next year's draft by a wide margin. I think they're quite honestly, there's not a lot of great college quarterbacks right now, and I think they. So true. I think they're two Bryce Young and, and CJ Stroud are two of the top five. I think most people would say that about Bryce Young. I think people are starting to catch on about CJ Stroud, especially after he throws for five touchdowns and three sixty one against the upset Kings in Purdue. Uh, meanwhile, Jackson Smith and the Jigba has developed into his go-to guy, uh, yeah. which which is funny because Garrett Wilson's going to be my best offensive prospect of the week. But mine too, yeah. <laughs> Najigba had uh, 139 yards and a touchdown, nine catches. He's been their leading receiver all season, um, and just dominates out of the slot. He's consistently wide open, and CJ Stroud consistently puts the ball on him. Those two are are phenomenal together. If you're taking the three Ohio State receivers right now let's say the draft was tomorrow God. how do you how do you stack them spoiling, i know without i know but i'm just asking you're spoiling something i'm gonna see you later but uh oh sorry uh garrett wilson one jackson smith Najigba two. Oh, 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 oh okay chris olave three all right save it for later save the rest for later um do you who's your top sophomore yeah it was smith Najigba. um I'll say I'm not as hot on Stroud as you are, but I'm not saying he's bad. But I do think there's a good point there to be made that there's not a lot of great college quarterbacks. So I do agree that he'll enter next year as, as you know a top five guy. It's just I'm not I'm not sold yet. We'll see what he can do in the game, and if he kicks our fucking ass, then I'll get sold. But I think he's you know it's everything around him is is perfect, right? He's got an amazing running back too. He's got the best three receivers in the country. The offensive line is amazing. I want to see him when, when he faces some adversity. I, I don't say know if it's going to happen. I Cade McNamara if I had to. <laughs> you just did. Yeah, he's got the three best receivers in the country. Uh, yeah, anyways. No, but no, I do want to see when, when you know, uh, if they get in the playoffs, that's going to be a, a big showing. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, short list for me again. I'm going to go with th- th- the old faithful. Michael Mayer just, first of all, Notre Dame's playing pretty well now all of a sudden. I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but they're coming on. Uh, easy win against UVA, the primetime game, the biggest game of the week, some some may say. Um, Mayer's just always so good. Mayer's always so good. He's he's not questioned tight end one going to next year. That's that's for sure. Another 84 yards, another touchdown. He's he's legit. He's a dude. I don't know. Like What else can you say about Mayer? Uh, yeah, and I think you can argue the same things about uh, Devin. I say his last name. Who? Texas A&M running back. Oh, a Shane, yeah, for yeah. sure. He he, um, yeah. every time he gets a touch, he's electric, and yeah, he sure. was much more productive in this game and more important than Isaiah Spiller was. Correct uh, against Ole Miss, he was by far their most productive uh, offensive playmaker, and the offensive line didn't play very well. And he, it just felt like every time he touched the ball, he was picking up seven, ten. 
he 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 ended up with 110 and two two uh, rushing touchdowns, and he's a track star, and you can see that he's just he's yeah. so explosive, and he just hits a hundred so fast. Um, I I think he'll he's gonna be considered one of the top running backs in the class next year. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Sorry, I just totally forgot about him. Uh, like I didn't write him down. No, yeah, definitely. Shane is really fucking good. It'll be wonder. It'll be interesting to see if the keel, you know, just get the 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 keys to the backfield next year. Which I mean, probably or like they'll have another back in there to split time with him. But he's he's exciting as fuck. Um, I'll, I'll give you one more uh, from our Thursday night battle between Pitt and UNC that went to OT. Jordan Addison. Anytime you watch a yeah. Pitt game, Jordan Addison's just very Mister Consistent. Yeah, uh, had six for eighty four plus two carries for seventeen plus forty seven yards on punt returns. He is silky smooth. He's not gonna like. I don't think he's gonna blow you away with his speed. Um, he's not as as possessiony as Tyler Boyd was at Pitt. Uh, no. but he he's very I, I, similar to Boyd. Very good at just working his well his way open. And um, I don't know. I just I, he looks like an NFL slot receiver already. He's what a true sophomore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is no. So I mean, like I know some people will say Kenny Pickett's got nothing around him. I'm not saying his supporting cast is amazing, but Jordan Addison's a really good football player. So I'm I'm glad you highlighted him. And Lucas Kroll is the best tight end in the country too. Well, and that's my number one weekday warrior. He's a, he is a fucking warrior. He's damn terrifying. <laughs> he is so scary. I. I think he might be really old too, because he was like, I, I don't know if he was he baseball or something, and he transferred multiple He's at times. Florida, yeah, and it's yeah community college uh, or sorry JUCO. Um, so I think he might be like our age, but he's he's massive and he's terrifying. Go for it. Sorry. Yeah, no, he obviously had the game winning touchdown for Pitt and then lost his mind on the sideline. But he, <laughs> he, 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 he's yeah he's six six two sixty redshirt senior. Who, yeah, he was at Jefferson College playing baseball, then at Florida as a backup yeah. tight end. Yeah. Now he's at Pitt. Um, and he he was feisty after the catch. He he was just bodying dudes. He looked good in the run game, too. Um, I don't know. He's, just, he, he's a tight end who had a little bit of hype, too. Yeah, because no, he's and, massive. And no one's really talked about him because it's just been the Kenny Pickett show, but... Uh, He's definitely got something to him. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. And I, but yeah, that goes back to you know he is a good player, and I'll give Pickett some credit. You know that that touchdown, uh, the game winner, where you know it's it's the rain is just, or I guess it wasn't pissing at that point, but it was coming down, and you know Pickett just knew get him the ball, put it on his body, and let him box box the DB out. Smart throw and good play, and Curl did it perfectly. Um. I, 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 I was going to say, I got another one from that game. Go for it. North Carolina receiver Antoine Green, who had just okay. three catches, about 108 yards, two touchdowns, got banged up uh, too. But uh, yes. he w- he's North Carolina. I mean, Josh Downs has been their guy. He's, yeah, kinda he's been really good. All year. But An- Antoine Green kind of out of nowhere on a Thursday night game, and I thought he was worth mentioning. Uh, my weekday warrior, uh, he might be your small school guy that got your eye, but because he was the best small school guy too. Ralph Hawley, who I thought took over that game in Portions. Uh, it was just too much to block. It was too much to handle. I had, had five tackles, uh, no sacks, but uh, one and a half TFLs, three quarterback hurries. But I don't know. I think they miscounted. He, he had so many hits on the quarterback. He was borderline unblockable. 
uh, at times. And on the final drive there, um, they lined him up at edge a couple times. And even at edge, he was winning easy. He drew a big holding call, too. Uh, Holly's legit. I'm excited to see him at the, when he gets the Super Bowl invite eventually. Cur- currently, uh, Western Michigan's actually playing Eastern Michigan. He's he's playing well again today. What what else is new? Uh, also, Sky Moore just had like a 70 yard touchdown. That's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, my final weekday warrior from the Friday night game: Cincy USF Sauce Gardner. It's just mm. uh, I, I like. I, I wasn't even planning on watching this game. Because I just didn't care that much, but then Cincinnati was kind of Cincinnati was kind of struggling a little bit, and uh, they ended up blowing the doors off them. But Sauce had a had a sweet interception uh, on the sideline, and it's just he rarely gets thrown at, so it's kind of exciting when he does, uh, and it usually ends poorly for the team that does it. Um, plus, he had a sack. I mean, yeah, Sauce is. It, it, it's weird because Cincinnati's ranked fifth in the country right now. And He's underrated? Talk, is that and, what you're going to say? Yeah, I was going to say. The, totally agree. They're ranked fifth in the country, and everyone talks about them being ranked fifth in the country, and everyone talks about Desmond Ritter, but it feels like Sauce Gardner and Monjay Sanders like, yeah. have not been talked about as much as you would think for two guys it's, who who were yeah. like clear top 50-type prospects entering the year and have played really well for the fifth-best team in the country. It's really strange. I thought, like, at this point of the year, uh, especially, like, you know, since I, I I don't think since he being undefeated is shocking anyone. So I thought, like, at this point of the year, Sauce would be one of the biggest names in college football. And it's kind of gone the other way where you don't hear him mentioned too often. And I don't know what it is because it's a great story with the Bearcats, and he's been phenomenal. And, like, even even Dame Brugler, I think he had him, like, in the th- late 30s or 40s on his top 50 they released the other day. Uh, I think he's better than that. I think when – uh it might just be, you know, because they don't throw his way. And it's so true. And I think when people get sitting down in February, March to, to, to go over him, I think he's going to be shooting up the board again. But, yeah, it's – especially, you know, given the nickname. And it's not like people don't, don't know about him. Uh, I, I really am. I totally agree. He's he's underappreciated right now. Um, any other weekday warriors? No. I, I, I gave it Holly because I thought he fucking just deserved yeah. the show. Uh, okay, moving to best prospect. You can't not pick Garrett Wilson for the offensive side uh, of the ball. Obviously. Week. Coming um, back from the injury, like yeah, that's, that's a big time show. Was out with the concussion protocol the week before against Nebraska. Ohio State's offense was pretty stagnant in that game, yeah. um, despite Smith and Jigba kind of carrying the load. Uh, Garrett Wilson gets back, goes ten catches, one hundred twenty-six yard, three touchdowns, plus a fifty-one yard rushing touchdown on the reverse or the jet sweep. Uh, he was so 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 electric after the catch. Nobody could tackle him. Yeah, that game got out of hand uh, way too quickly. It kind of made that that block kind of uninteresting because fucking Georgia was also just dismantling uh, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I I think you know seeing how stagnant Ohio State was the week prior without him and him just going off. I think he's the most important on that most important player on the Ohio State offense. And basically. Uh, three. So he, I, I think he was the first player in Buckeyes history to have three receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in the same game. Um, he, on the on three of the touchdowns, it was like wicked yak plays. So the obviously, yeah. the the jet sweep where he just ridiculous open field speed just hit another gear. He had that slant where he broke a tackle. Um, he he uh he had the other the kind of the quick out where he he uh, broke a tackle just 
or dove into the end zone, sorry. And then yeah. he, he had the the I think the probably the the best one though was the kind of the 50-50 ball where he just like froze in the air to to get back to the back shoulder in, in I don't know, just incredible hand strength, incredible body control to bring that in. Uh, he it's it's a deep wide receiver class. He's shaping towards being that first receiver off the board. Yeah, no, I, like, I agree. It's it's a deep class that could have like five first round receivers, but like none go in the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. But he's the one who I think has a shot to really juice himself up uh, down the stretch here, and in especially at the combine. Yeah, I totally agree. Because I think he's going to test the best out of the top dudes too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, no, I, I think I think I think wide receiver one is kind of his to lose right now. Yeah, and, and defensive side of the ball, I mean. I I, I I know my cap towards you because we both pick an Ohio State guy on offense. It's got to be Aiden Hutchinson on defense. Yeah, I thought they were both pretty obvious. It was I think it was the easiest week for to, to have both spots. This I mean, week, so. pretty much any week it could be Ohio State and Michigan guys, right? The Big Ten just breeds excellence. Uh, it's it's nice to have a year where uh, we got this this late in the year where we got an Ohio State player on offense and a Michigan player on defense. It feels right. The game's coming up in two weeks. Uh I think they're not going to lose th- th- this week either. But, yeah, Hutch was – Hutch is – I don't know, man. Like, what else can we say about him? I feel like I've already been saying what else can we say about him for a couple of weeks. He's been so dominant. And, and when he wasn't getting home, he's getting held. <laughs> yeah, he was. And, <laughs> I mean, that Penn State offensive line has had issues all year. Mm-hmm. But it's still a Big Ten, top-tier Big Ten schools offensive line. And he was eating them alive. Yeah, he's like, and it he's was different ways too, right? Like it was yeah. power. It was it was uh like inside power. It was um like just winning pure off quickness. Yeah, yeah, like just pure quickness and showing some more flexibility than you'd seen. Uh, the nonstop motor. I, I saw a quote um, that someone said he's he's a long lost Watt brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then which uh, I appreciate more than the Bosa brother stuff. So yeah, respect. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, like he, he was a, a, I know you had some questions a couple of weeks ago about him against the run, but yeah, he he was a force against the run too. Yeah, yeah, I was just getting nitpicky because they lost the game. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, no, and like you said, uh, three sacks this game. Uh, it's it's game ridiculous, and I don't mean to transition too quickly, but I put Ojabo as my yeah. top shooter at the board. Same. Well, because I, I, two my, sacks the other's fucking side. Like that's that's hard to. My, it's hard my, to lose games when you're getting five sacks from two players. So Aiden Hutchinson was my best defensive prospect. My two high shooting up the board were pass rushers from the same game with David Ojabo and, and Arnold Ebiketti. Yeah, I, I put Ebiketti alone in the uh, transfer spot. I know he's no, I know he didn't pop onto the scene, but I thought he just deserved it because he's been so so fucking good too. Yeah, and and, and like Ebiketti, people knew who he was because he started at Temple. Yeah. Um, but no one knew he was going to be this, I don't think. Uh, Ojabo was way out of nowhere. Like, you knew who Ojabo was because you're a Michigan guy and you like him because he's from Scotland. But, like, the the sheer dominance, and it helps playing opposite Aiden Hutchinson. But when you look at the way he's doing it, like, that, doing it on his own. that strip yeah. sack was unbelievable. Yeah. No, yeah, he's, he's legit. It's not just the guy opposite Aiden Hutchinson. He's legit in his own right. And it's fucked that they got them both together. And, like I said, Ojabo came out of nowhere. I mean, wasn't highly regarded, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Just started playing football his junior year. Went to high school with uh, with Odafe Owe, and his junior year now that he's finally come on and uh, yeah, he's a fucking monster. I don't know, like he's one of those guys. 
when we talk about the, the guys that have helped themselves the most in the in the draft process this year, and uh, he's right there at the top. And then just also with Ebiketti on the other side, um, yeah. like he he's not the biggest guy in the world, but like you saw him bowl the the Michigan left mm-hmm. tackle for a stack. Um, you saw him win with just pure speed because he's explosive as hell off the edge. Like, oh, I'm so excited to see him at the Senior Bowl too. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna shine. I mean, obviously he's already been a big riser, and like I said, people knew he was, but it's been the, from the first snap this year for Penn State that he's been phenomenal. He's been one of their best defensive players uh, week to week, and I think overall, I think he might be the best. He might have been the best, like you know, every single game in game out because he hasn't had an off game really. No, and I I wonder if if like we made a list of the guys we mentioned the most in a positive way this season in, uh, mm-hmm. as prospects. Like, I feel like every single week we've mentioned Aiden Hutchinson, David Ojabo, yeah. Ojabo and Ar- Arnold Ebiketti for the most part. I like, think they're always, think always that's fair. And, and it's even more impressive that Ebiketti's doing it because you're going to watch every Michigan game, so you're always going to see Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson putting in work. But, like, um, Ebiketti being a Penn State guy, neither of us are Penn State guys, and we're just constantly talking about it. It's true. I don't know. He's, yeah, he definitely has been one of those just main guys that have left an impression on both of us all year. Yeah, and it um, just feels like he's going to go to the senior bowl and, and rip it up. He's Temple tough, too. You can't discount yeah, that. I know. That's I've already be... got a Hassan Reddick comp on him. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, Abiketti is my number two uh, shooting up the board. Who's yours? Uh, I didn't have a huge – you know what? I know you'll be shocked. I had more sliding down than shooting up this week. But uh, you know who kind of – who? sorry? That's unlike you. I know, I know it was. But I wanted to give due to this guy who you've been a big fan of. I don't think we've talked about him too much. Uh, Mecca Mezzi had a great game for North Carolina State. Uh, 10 grabs, 133 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, had that awesome, awesome grab uh, to cut it to one score. And then like, v- the very next play, they went for for it on two uh, to make it three points. And that nasty one-handed back shoulder catch, which was just ridiculous. Uh, so those plays back to back was just uh, insane, and then just doing it play in play out. Messi's been really good. It's been really good. He's kind of I feel like he's gotten a bit forgotten, but he's still a dude. Um, yeah, he's a guy who needs a senior bowl invite, like yes, to, to he help does. his stock because I think absolutely. He's... But I think he's gonna if if he does get it and he gets there, I think he's gonna really help the stock. He's a power forward playing receiver. Yeah, um, yeah, but he's got the hand. Like you know, sometimes dudes are just bigger and stronger than guys, and you know maybe not the best athletes. Uh, and don't have the great hands, but he's got the hands, you know. Like, I uh, yeah, I I love this Baylor team. So I'm gonna mention a bunch of Baylor guys real quick. The the it. Baylor running back combo of Abram yes. Smith, who Abram Smith will be at the Senior Bowl. Yes, um, guaranteed. He ran for 148, and he he's he, he was a he's a former starting linebacker too. He's tough as hell. He is so much more explosive than I realized. On top of the physicality. The mm-hmm. contact balance, and he he carried the load uh, for Baylor against Oklahoma. But the other back, Tristan Ebner, kind of has a different flavor that they they contrast really well. Where Ebner's more of that that satellite type back, and although it wasn't like a, a huge game for him, seventeen touches for sixty nine yards. What he brings to the table is, is so different than what Ebner brings, um, or than what Smith brings. That uh, I thought he he. Uh, he deserved a bit of a shout out too because their running game really just carries that offense. Also, Jeff Grimes, if uh, if you're looking for a head coach, Jeff Grimes should be in the conversation. 
oh, maybe he'll be Baylor's next head coach. Yeah, probably. Aranda goes to USC. Which I like Dave Aranda, but I don't know, though. But anyways, Abram Smith reminds me of someone, like putting away the Chris linebacker Carson. conference. I was going to say Chris Carson, yeah, but I didn't want to say it. He does. The body build, for sure, he reminds me of Chris Carson. Yeah. Um, and kind I mean, of unique builds. Like, yeah, go ahead, I'm going to go with two more Baylor guys quick. Terrell Bernard, okay. who's a linebacker I yes. loved yeah. prior to the season. He's been phenomenal this year. He just plays yeah. with his fucking hair on fire. Uh, unbelievable blitzer. I call him the Nicobe Dean of the Big 12. Uh, all over you the say field. that so much. I know. All over the field. And every time they blitz, he's making havoc happen. And Baylor's nickel, Jalen Petrie, who for the second straight year is double-digit TFLs, uh, is a well-built nickel, too. He's like six foot 195. Mm-hmm. And he's feisty and physical as hell. And he, he would look great as a force player against Oklahoma. That's a guy who I'm going to want the Pittsburgh Steelers to acquire as our nickel. Alrighty, Okay. I would actually – it would really suck if, if Baylor loses Aranda. I don't want to see that. He's done such a great job uh, flipping this program. I mean, and if he just keeps bringing in talent, I mean, Bohannon is fun as hell too. Like we, we yeah, haven't mentioned is. him obviously, but he's, he's fun as hell too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Georgia and give a couple names. Uh, James Cook was phenomenal yeah. this week. Uh, Bucko four on only 10 carries, two touchdowns plus 34 yards in a, and a touchdown through the air. This was his like, I want to say it's a breakout game because we know he's been so good. But this is his, like... He got enough when you go carries to, for it to be yeah. called, called a breakout game. Plus, the touchdown catch was, like, he lined up out wide and, and ran yeah. a stutter go. Yeah, so I won't... I, I, that's fair enough. I won't call it a breakout game. I'll call it, this is the game you're going to go back to when you're watching the tape and saying, okay, this guy's... You know, this is this is a no doubt a dude, right? Like, this another, is the, the highlight game. Yeah. Another, you know, weak running back class, especially senior-wise, he better yeah. get to the senior bowl. Yeah, and that's like I think if he gets the senior bowl, he's the top dude coming out of that week uh, of the guys there. Yeah, I, because I, that that's just perfectly to, to highlight. I, his I skills. think, given his skill set and the athleticism and the way the the league is trending, like he could end up in this running back class being a top one hundred pick. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, and I'll flip to the defense side of Georgia. Dean again, phenomenal. And what else is new? I don't even have to talk the, about him. the Terrell Bernard of the SEC, as you always call him. As, yeah, I do always say that. Uh, Channing Tindall, I feel like he he hasn't got enough due. He's had his moments, but like he had three sacks um, in this game. Like, yeah, God. In that in that Senior Bowl piece, Bruce Feldman wrote the yep. the the Senior Bowl guys really talked him up. Good. I'm glad because I feel like. I mean, of course, it's hard because there's so much talent around him, but he's been playing as well as anyone on that Georgia defense this year. And again, special, special defense, and I think he deserves his due. And even statistically, you look at it; he's been fucking amazing. So um, I like shouting him out. I think he's a, he's a talented dude, and I think I think he's gonna be uh, moving up boards like when we get to the process. Um, I'll give you just one last guy, Demarvin Leal. I thought played really well he for did. Texas A and M against Ole Miss. Yep. And he, he, you could see the fire in his belly, especially when they, it was like pretty clear they weren't going to win. He was still going. Yeah. Um, he had a sack. He, he made a big impact, I thought, uh, as a run defender too. Uh, he He's not going to get the attention and the hype that he had going into this season, I don't think. But he's going to – I still think he's going to have a top ten pick. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If it's like, it's it's just not going to be the hype, which I mean, we see with a lot of guys, just because he's not 
super flashy or do you think he's actually going to slip a bit but asked an answer there when he said he's still gonna be a top 10 pick i think he said like he he's so much john allen he is he just yeah. reminds me so much of john allen uh, i have a hard time seeing especially in this interior d-line class like i know the edge group's loaded mm-hmm. but Leal like is is good as like i well i think trevon walker jordan davis and Leal are all first round interior type guys and you can argue what position Trevon Walker plays, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Leal just, it's there, man. It is, and and there's been no doubt about it all year. I, you're right. He's just not the guy that gets the big hype, and it doesn't help that A and M is having this weird ass year. And no, he's he's very fucking good. Um. Okay, sliding down the board. Uh, I want to start in Penn State. Walker, I don't think his. His stock is kind of fucked now. I don't know. He's just he got worked by both 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 of the, the Michigan yeah, guys. Yeah, he, he was terrible. I don't, I, he's going back, I would assume. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just kind of put him to bed. But you know, there was a lot of hype in the summer. Uh, a lot of these hype tackles, because there was a lot of hype tackles, just have not lived up t- to the billing. You know what I mean? Like, like the um, you know Kirkland well, also exposed by Hutch. I thought that game was like, okay, this isn't this isn't his year. Um, John Nelson, I don't think he's been great, but Miami's been terrible. You know, a lot of these guys that, and there was a lot of dudes going to the into the into the season at tackle with a lot of hype. A lot of them just have not lived up to it. And Walker, uh, maybe first and foremost. Uh, flip side, a guy who has been great this year. I thought Brisker had his had a really poor game, and he's kind of been falling back down to earth this this past couple of weeks. And you know, it's it's easy to say because he was so great to start the year and was one of the big risers, but. Um, I think you're seeing more and more of him just kind of having his difficulties in coverage and still great around the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I think early season we're like, okay, this guy's you know making way more plays on the ball, uh, way further from the line of scrimmage than we thought, but now he's kind of kind of just falling back down to earth. Um, I'm gonna stick in the Big Ten and go with George Karloftis. That's my next guy. Yeah, he as great nothing. as he has been at times this yeah. year. He was yeah, there was he did nothing in this game. Yep. Um. He just made zero impact against the run. Um. I mean, he got caught watching on that uh, Garrett Wilson jet sweep. Mm-hmm. He Nicholas Petit Frere dominated him in pass protection. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That was that was a tough look. He just like kind of looked lethargic. Yeah. No. Um. He had the Notre Dame game where he was unreal, but this was the game that he like he really needed to put up the show too. You know, put his name into that, that. I'm not saying he's not in the first round conversation, but like firmly put his name into like maybe a top 20 even kind of dude. Um, and this is the game that scouts are going to go back to and say this was the, the big. I mean, Purdue's obviously been the giant killer, but this was the big one uh, against the best offensive line in, in maybe the country against Nicholas Petit Friere. And uh, he did nothing. He really just did not show up. Yeah, like I, I think there's going to be. Like, I, I, I think he's a first round guy. Yeah. Um, I think we'll both have him there, but I think he's gonna, especially with just how deep this class is and the the potential and the upside of some of the other guys. Yeah, like he'll be more of a back half first round type pick. Yeah, no, in that twenties, like the the classic twenties early or thirties pass rusher first round pick. Yeah, I kind of agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go to another pass rusher who we haven't talked about much this year, and it's for a reason that I don't think he's shown up. Uh, oh, Shane Mathis, who was another dude with hype in the summer. I don't really think he's he's done it this year. And Oklahoma State just 
ran down their throats. I don't think he looked good against them. I mean, it's hard to say you look good against them. I think they gave up eight rushing touchdowns and who knows how many yards. Uh, I, I, I don't think. And really, though, when I've watched TCU games, and I don't throw them on too often, uh, he's not popped off the screen to me. And, yeah, sorry, sorry. Oklahoma State had 447 yards rushing. Um, <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't popped off the screen to me. And, I, yeah, I just didn't think he looked good against the run, and that was kind of a thing that you could point to. But he was, even in the summer, I should say. But he, he still has the talent. So um, he's one of those guys that you're betting on upside regardless. But he just hasn't had the year to put it together, I don't feel like. Um, no, and I'm going to stick at the Big 12 where I, I, I thought both Oklahoma's top defensive prospects. I was going to mention them, yeah. Nick Benito and Imperion Winfrey. Yeah, yeah. They the Baylor offensive line just kind of bullied that front throughout the game. Mm-hmm. The Baylor offensive line deserves a, a shout out because they were really good. Definitely. And, and I thought Winfrey, like you, you could see at times like he'd make a splash play, but he he just neither of them really had had like the sand in their pants to to sit down and, and uh, hold yeah. the point and set the edge. And like Benito is gonna be an interesting one because he's built like a off ball linebacker. He's built. He's like a Bruce Irvin type of guy, mm-hmm. and I thought Baylor really got the best of him in the run game. And, and Winfrey is very much a three tech one one gap shooting guy, and yeah. uh, that was just not. It was not a good game for either of them. I didn't think. Yeah, the the way Baylor plays is kind of built to expose those two dudes' weaknesses specifically too. You know, like I totally agree. I, I was going to put them here, and I decided not to, but I, I totally agree with you because I already had some some dudes. Although we've already hit a couple of mine. Uh, how about Isaiah Spiller? As, as we already touched upon him, uh, where Shane was so much better, but like 15 carries for 41 yards, um, against, against Ole Miss. Uh, and like you said, offensive line wasn't great, but that's, that's just not getting it done. And overall this season, he's not gotten it done. And he's had his moments, uh, where, you know, he, we kind of dogged him early season. Then he had a couple of decent games, solid games, looked explosive at, at points, but, uh, going down the stretch, I think you need to see way more from him, right? Like this is this is really not good for him. Um, it's funny because I, 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 Dame Brugler, I think it was said like Isaiah Spiller after Kenneth Walker is the clear number two back in his class. Yeah, like he recently yeah. said that. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying no one's saying that, but I'm just saying he's, he hasn't been that I good. I mean, if you say that, I think it says a lot about this class. Yeah, yeah. It also, kind of hurts Brees Hall. I mean. Hey, we'll actually get to watch Iowa State this week. Hopefully, he has a, a game. But no, um, Kenneth Walker's been the most impressive running back or draftable running back in the country, and that's there's no doubt about that. Um, um, but yeah, no, it definitely does say something about the class. Uh, quickly, the Florida combo: Brenton Cox and Zach Carter didn't make much of an impact against Samford. More on Samford mm. <laughs> in a bit. I also thought Marquise Hayes had a tough game for Oklahoma, though. Oline in general couldn't really deal with that Baylor front seven against the pass or the run. Uh, no, that that's fair. That is really fair. Uh, can I just say, Spencer Rattler played, and he was still bad, so I almost felt like I gave him an extra kick down the board. You know, yeah, not, that he's, not that he's really coming out, obviously, but... He's going to win the AAC next year at SMU. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean... Okay. This was almost his moment, and he didn't live up to it. Quickly, sorry, also, one last one. Caleb Ellaby, uh, last week, I know he's playing right now. He's dealing uh, right now. I'm, I'm kidding. Fuck. I'm kidding. Okay, never no, mind. He had a 74 year touchdown to Sky Moore, and they're, they're up 7 3 with four minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah, he had that one good touchdown pass last week, 
Uh, it might have been Demore too. I can't remember. Um, but other than that, I thought he was pretty pretty bad. I did it wasn't impressive at all. Like he's been okay tonight. Like nothing to yeah. home. But I actually think like, the Sky Moore is an interesting guy. Actually, yes, Sky Moore has been good week in week out. So is uh, another player from Western Michigan that I'll get to. Uh, but my out of nowhere prospect is Servacia Sir Dennis, the linebacker from Pitt. Yeah, he, he, he was good. Yeah, he's really good, and um, he he was just everywhere against North Carolina. Uh, 6'1", 230-pound junior, uh, three TFLs in a sack, just a big, big, mean, downhill, twitched-up linebacker. Uh, and I didn't know too much about him, and he just kept popping. Every time a big defensive player would ha- defensive play would happen for Pitt, it was him. And he had 14 TFLs last year, too, as a sophomore. He was kind of He's kind of built for that Friday night in Pittsburgh, in the rain, kind of slugfest. Yeah, he's going to be a stealer. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to uh, Tennessee, who the one bright spot for, for the Vols was a receiver, Cedric Tillman, who had 10 catches for 200 yards and a touchdown. Uh, only a two-star coming out of, out of school. Um, ironically, Bishop Gorman, by the way, came out of Bishop Gorman. Only a two-star. His only offers were UNLV, so staying in, 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 in close to home, uh, Hawaii and Weber State and Tennessee. Goes to Tennessee. Uh, it's popping off all of a sudden now. Uh, two hundred, I know they stunk, but two hundred yards against Georgia is is nothing to uh, to 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 not acknowledge there. Six three two fifteen, so he's kind of got that big body type, but he's got some good quicks. His hands look really solid. Uh, I thought he was the only only good vol really. He looked good last week too uh, in flashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's putting a couple weeks together. It's not just this game. Uh, he's putting he's putting a couple games together now. He's had a good year. Um. My prospect who made me look stupid is Chris Olave. Okay. Okay. So Let's hear it. Olave, for a couple of weeks now, I've stopped myself from mm-hmm. putting Olave in a negative category. I've been scared too. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. He he just hasn't had much of much of an impact for uh, like he hasn't been bad, but for essentially the previous three games prior to Purdue, he'd scored touchdowns, but he he wasn't in a, a very impactful player. Uh, Jackson so like was the Jigba yeah. uh, in, in all three games and Garrett Wilson in two of the three yeah. felt more important. And then I told you, and sorry, just quickly, I, I felt like he's left some plays on the field too. It's I was not gonna, just, I was going to yeah. say, and then against Purdue, like nine catches, 85 yards of touchdowns, pretty solid stat line, but he also had two drops and he was, yeah. he's third in the pecking order. Um, and it's not like CJ Stroud's not comfortable with him because he he had gone to him a ton earlier in the season, and, and now it's just kind of I don't know a lot of he's dropped off a little bit and yeah. and I say that to say I it's more so like he ended the year as my number one wide receiver in the class, and he's looking more like a a guy who goes between like pick twenty five and fifty than a guy who goes top yeah. twenty five, especially yeah. in a year where. Garrett Wilson, we you you already said it's his wide receiver one spot to lose. Like Traylon Burks has been uh pretty incredible this year. Jahan Dotson's been awesome. Yeah. Um Jamison Williams at Alabama. Uh, yeah. so I, I just feel as if uh Olave hasn't taken that step forward. He's as good as he always has been. He just hasn't like progressed, if you know what I mean. Should have come out last year. No. I, I, like, I don't think – because we're going to win the national championship this year. So. <laughs> he wants a ring. Um, I've held myself off from putting him 
in some sort of negative category the last few weeks too. And, you know, it's been like they go to him and he doesn't make a play or a flat-out drop, and then, you know, two plays later he'll make a great touchdown play. And it's like, okay, I won't I won't bring him up. So And I was afraid to because, obviously, you being Chris Olave's number one fan, I was, uh, I was a little hesitant. But, no, definitely, definitely it, it's, I don't know, maybe a little bit telling him being third in the packing order like you mentioned. Um, who made you look stupid? Uh, so I, I think just Haskins. Son Haskins because he's better than I thought. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with a uh, running back though. Ironically, who I've dogged a lot on the podcast, so I want to keep it on the podcast. Jaron Ely, he's had put two really good games together now. Uh, started off with that what like I don't know one of the first few snaps of the game, busting off the massive run against Liberty. And now kind of being the – he was kind of the dude for Ole Miss's offense against against Tamu. Um, had 152 yards on the ground on 24 carries. Uh, they finally – you know, he's had games where he got one carry this year. And then uh, also, like, you know, what we expect from him to get it done through the air, 34 yards. Um, did fumble, but didn't lose it. But I just want to give him some credit because he's coming on late now. Um Enough to save the sock, I'm not sure, but uh, I want to give him some credit for that because I, I dogged him big time early in the year. Uh, getting to best prospect versus prospect matchup, how about that Thursday night quarterback battle between Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell? Like, I didn't know where to put them, but they had to be mentioned, and this felt right, right? It yeah, yeah, that's right. Howell obviously had the game-losing interception, but it, it was kind of unfair because the fucking – Pittsburgh weather gods turned up the rain on North Carolina when they were on offense. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, Pickett, Pickett looked good. Uh, the interception was on a screen that got tipped. Um, I thought Howell played a pretty solid game. Coming I, back like, to Leon, he was really effective with his legs. Like it was only like twenty eight yeah. yards, but a lot of I had, had to touch on too. But a lot of just you know he knew when to run. And I think that's that's kind of big for him. Yeah, like I didn't think either were world beaters, but I didn't think either really hurt themselves. Um, there's a ton of scouts there. I, yeah. I I think we are really trending towards Kenny Pickett being the third quarterback off the board. He doesn't. He hasn't impressed me. Like, like he's good. I'm not saying he's good. I, I I would I do it. I'm just saying I'm... that feels like what we're trending towards. I don't know. How I think Howell's... that is. But... Yeah, I agree. I know. I think Howell's helped himself. Uh, I'm not saying he was great. I'm not saying he's going anywhere where he was supposed to, uh, but he's definitely helped himself. It's kind of depressing that this was the big quarterback matchup because I don't know. Were either of these guys great? No. Was it fun to watch? Was it good college football? Yes. But um, I don't know. Neither of these guys had games where like, wow, this is a you know your future franchise quarterback in any capacity. I, I'm still. I mean, obviously, we're not sold on how we sold how a long time ago. Uh, I'm still not sold on Pickett at all. He just he doesn't wow me. I think he's gonna be. He's I think he could be a very long term. Yeah, he will be at the senior role. I think he can be a good long term backup quarterback. I don't know. I'm there, but again, I haven't I haven't got into the date. But every I've watched him a lot now, and just doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't have the if factor, as, as friends of the show Cam would say. Um, I I think he's he's a Kirk. Cousins type at best. I don't know. It's, it, mm. it's going to take more time, but every time I do watch the tape, I do like the actual tape. I do think more and more that he will be the third quarterback off the board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, fair pro- enough. Pr- prospect who will play the box score. I'm going with old Miss edge rusher, uh, Sam Williams, who had a pretty solid box score against Texas A&M, but it doesn't do justice for how important he was against the run. And I think kind of surprisingly important 
against the run because he'd been a I, I talked about in the previous week for what he did against Liberty and he's he's looked explosive as hell and awesome as a pass rusher but I was just really impressed with how he played the run throughout this game continuously set the edge stacked and shed made plays in the backfield against Tamu yeah good pick and he's kind of been like up and down you know what I mean like like some some weeks he looks great and some weeks he looks really bad I feel like you've mentioned him quite a lot between the both of us and it's been both really positive and both <laughs> really negative uh he's gonna be a fun one to dig in on though I, I do like him as a prospect uh I'll give you like a a dude, a dude, Jahan Dotson, who had nine catches for sixty one yards, no touchdowns. Um, Michigan might have like prevented the big play against him, but honestly, I think I think they could have thrown the ball to him every single play and, and won the game, but they didn't, and they couldn't because Sean Clifford sucks. Like he was open a lot, he would have had a monster day if if they had a decent quarterback. But that being said, though, like. Like, 61 yards on nine grabs, but, like, they felt so big. Like, so many of them were chain movers. So many of them were chain movers on third down conversions. Uh, and so many of them, you knew they were just going to Dodson, and they could not stop it. Um, so I think this was more of a falter in the quarterback play and the play calling itself rather than Dodson. Uh, only have 61 yards in a, in a big matchup, but, no, he's he, he was still an impressive 61 yards. Um, My overhyped is Desmond Ritter. I just every time that's fair yeah every time I watch him I don't think like he's not like he didn't play bad against USF he didn't play great the interception was bad um but I don't see a day two quarterback top senior quarterback type guy and Dame Brugler still had him in I think he's top 50 and Mm. I don't know I just don't see that at all but I just don't like this quarterback class in general so it's hard to say but I think there's something to be said that you know, going into the year, or even like last year, I, I thought he could be a top one hundred dude, um, and he might still be. But he, he in this wishy washy, endless nothingness of a quarterback class, he's had the best opportunity to see something, and he has not done it. I totally agree with you, and it feels like people still talk about him like he has. But you watch the Bearcats week in week out. He he hasn't gotten better this year. I don't think, even though he's in the Heisman conversation, which I don't agree with either. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's gotten better. He he didn't make a step, and I, I agree with you. Um, I'm gonna go with the team that Cincinnati beat, um, and this is a really talented dude. I like him a lot. I think he's gonna make a huge step. Isaiah Foskey, who I've seen a lot of hype for, has had a really yeah. good year. Didn't do top fifty. Yeah, did, he's only a redshirt sophomore. Didn't do much of anything against UVA, I thought, but I definitely think he's going to be a dude. But like I said, redshirt redshirt sophomore, so like. Another part of me just thinking he's overhyped is I, I don't see him coming out right now. I know he's had a really good year, but it's Notre Dame. A lot of Notre Dame guys go back. Um, and I think he goes back and becomes a fucking dude. But I think it's too much hype right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my transfer, you already said yours is Ebiketti. Ebiketti, yeah. Mine's Siaki Aika, the Baylor nose tackle, the LSU transfer, who had a ton of hype over the summer coming mm-hmm. from LSU. Um, he looked like... I, I was going to put him for a play the box score. I ended up moving him here. But just one tackle, two hurries. He Oklahoma just couldn't run on them. And it wasn't all because of him, but a lot of it was. He just eats up so much space. I thought he added a little something as a pass rusher too. Like He, he was part of two huge hurries that impacted the game. And I don't know. The, that's just a big man with impressive lateral agility. Yeah, I remember the hype. No, that's that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, small school guy, Kyrie. Yeah, so I'll give you two. Um, 
I'm gonna go with Holly's teammate, Ali Fayad, who I've been like we I feel like we've talked about him for so many years now for some reason. We love and the I've Mac. been yeah, we love the Mac and I've been down on him, but I, I thought last week he looked really good. Uh Look when good. Holly he's wasn't looked, he's looked good tonight, by the way. Yeah, when Holly isn't and he's you know, he's been a guy that's got in love. So that's why we've we've you know sat down and talked about him and watched him a lot. Um, when Holly wasn't getting home, he was getting home and one, one and a half sacks, two and a half TFLs, and he was just creating a lot of havoc for himself and kind of like a, you know, physical dude, kind of a tweener kind of dude. Um, had a really good game and just <laughs> one random one, Zach Morton, uh, who who blocked the field goal and they had the pick six in the same game. <laughs> I just, just I thought like just he, he didn't seem like he was on the field that much, but just coming up with those two huge plays was pretty fucking cool. So I'm gonna shout him out. Heck yeah. Um, my small school guys Zip up, are, baby. Uh, how about Samford quarterback Liam Welch, who did enough to beat Florida, but his defense gave up 70. Uh, threw for 403 touchdowns, ran for two more touchdowns, 65 yards. I actually tuned into this game because of how it was going early, and he he's electric. I love Liam Welch. He's going to play in the CFL or something, <laughs> something like that. Um, but more importantly, two Maxion guys. Uh, Western Michigan running back Sean Tyler who against Akron ran for 147 in a score, caught two ca- passes for 25 yards in a score, plus a 96-yard kick return touchdown. And on the other side, Michael Mathis- Matheson, the re- Akron receiver, eight catches, 112 yards, in a 94-yard kick return touchdown. We had double kick return touchdowns. And it was just it was electric. The Mac's electric. The Mac is special teams football. It's one-third of the game in the Mac. Um, but Sean Tyler is a really interesting guy. 5'8", 185. He's, uh, he's a, I believe, a redshirt sophomore. And um, he he's a phys- like surprisingly physical and compact for a, such a small back. Um, but, yeah, he, he I don't know. He, he's electric, straight line speed, and he's a fun one. He catches the ball well, too. So, uh, Is the MAC the best conference in the country? Um, yeah. Or whatever By the conference way- Sanford's in. <laughs> Your dude Lou Nicholas had another monster game for, yeah, for the chips too. Two fifteen and like four touchdowns. Like, chips <laughs> they are just the Mac. Him. You calling it? Yeah, you'll here. This is called a tease. After this ad read, I'll tell you why. Wow. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. And if you love Mac football, tune into my Spotify green room called Maction Mania on the live audio-only sports talk platform. All you have to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link to Twitter, join the group, and be notified when rooms go live. Okay. I went 4-1 last week. I didn't think I was going to do well, and I went 4-1. and I'm 32-18 and on the season. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to do well, and I went 1-4. and 24-25-1. and I finally slipped below uh, the sweet embrace of the 500 line, Rob. That's tough. It's tough. We can't all be great. All you have to do is keep betting on the Mac, and you'll you'll do well like I do. And that's why my first game this week is tomorrow night, Wednesday at 7 p.m. on ESPNU, Central Michigan at Ball State. I think the two best programs right now in the Mac. The Chips, when I bet against them, 
I lose. When I bet on them, I win. I'm picking the Chips plus two in Muncie, Indiana. On the arm of Daniel Richardson. The legs of Lou Nichols, the best back in the in the MAC. Uh, we, we got playmakers like Khalil Pimpleton. Uh, this offense is dominant. It is so dominant. It's the most dominant offense in the league. I don't know how you pick against Central. Uh, Ball State, I mean, we, we saw them last week. They, uh, they, they, they looked poor against Northern Illinois on offense. Drew they Plitz had a, a, they had lost a disappointing on a, year. I, they lost on a game-losing field goal to Northern Illinois, 30-29. Drew Plitt looked like couldn't complete a pass. Yeah. If if you ask me to rank Mac quarterbacks, which I probably will do after the show in a tweet, follow <sighs> me at Rob underscore underscore Paul. Uh, Plitt's near the bottom. Like they, they really have been leaning on Carson Steele, the freshman running back. Um. And, and, like, Plitt's done a poor job getting Justin Hall, who's, I think, an NFL playmaker, the ball. Yeah. And, like, Johannes Tyler's had a, a kind of a lackluster year because of that as well. And I think this, in theory, should be a, a, an offensive game, and I, I'm going to go with the chips all day. Sorry for my monologue, but you know me. Yeah, sorry, we're out of time now. Uh, I picked some games. Have a good night, guys. No, um, <laughs> yeah, okay, you love the Mac. I love the Mountain West. Friday night, 9 p.m., uh, battle. The battle for Nevada, some may say. Uh, the Air Force Eagles at the Nevada Wolf Pack. Uh, Nevada's minus two, both seven and three. Interesting Friday night game. We get to see Carson Strong. Uh, we get to see old Cole Turner. We get to see Romeo Dubes. We get to see Dom Peterson. Guess what? I'm not naming anyone from Air Force, even though I respect all of them, and thank you for servicing our country. Uh there's there's too servicing our country there's too much talent on nevada uh, i'm taking them and everyone's always gritty and tough to play and they're good obviously they beat uh they beat san diego state last year right big upset i think i don't remember Nevada's <laughs> minus two i'm taking them Battleborn baby um okay 12 p.m abc number seven michigan state uh, number four ohio state biggest game of the day buckeyes are 19 point favorites at home i'm taking ohio state they they made you look stupid against Purdue. This offense is too dominant, mm-hmm. and it's really found its uh, – with Garrett Wilson in the lineup, it's really found its way. Um, Michigan State is going to probably run the ball fairly well. Yeah. But I think that the way to beat Ohio State is to attack that secondary, and I don't think Michigan State's got the guns to do it. If we get into a shootout, I think Ohio State pulls away quick. Uh, wrong. Absolutely incorrect, Rob. Um, I will give Ohio State the due and say that uh, I think Alabama doesn't have a single case for being ranked over Ohio State. Uh, I think it's just Oregon being there, but then the committee's logic is fucking stupid. I think Ohio State is the second best team in the country right now. Um, that being said, 19 points is a lot of points. And I have to make up games on you now. So <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite direction and take uh, Michigan State. Uh also, I'm just hoping for a good football game. I'm tired of blowouts. There's been too many blowouts in football recently, mainly the NFL. Uh, so I want a good game. So I'm, cho- I'm, I'm choosing the Spartans. Uh, three, you're wrong, but 330, CBS, number 21, Arkansas, at number two, Alabama. I don't care what the spread is. I'm taking Alabama. I don't, even remember, I, I, don't, I don't even remember what the spread was. I didn't write it down for some reason. I got it. I got it. Uh, I'm surprised you forgot your Arkansas fandom, though. Um, 
They lost me when they had to take LSU to double OT. Uh, Alabama didn't look good against LSU. How about that, Rob? Um, how about I'm trying to make up games against you again, so I'm picking Arky. <laughs> minus 20 and a half. Or sorry, plus 20 and a half for the, for the pigs, obviously. Um, Bama's not that good. Bama's very good, but they're not that good. Um, Arky can hang. Why not? Pig suey, baby. Um, 4 p.m., the games kind of dropped off. I didn't really want to pick any of the games <laughs> other than this, the Mac game. Uh, 4 p.m. on Fox, UCLA at USC. I took UCLA minus three and a half. It's Chip here. His name popped up for the Washington job. Uh, UCLA like going to go like eight and four maybe. So, uh, I don't know. USC, USC, I feel like no one's talked about USC since Drake London got hurt because there's been just no reason to talk about them. No. So, I don't know. U- UCLA should win this game. If they don't, like, they should really consider firing Chip Kelly at this point. Well, they might not have to because he's he's just making his way across the Pac-12 at this it's point, really doing every good, job he can. Really good point. Uh, yeah, who cares about that game? I'm going back to <laughs> I'm going to, for the battle of the Big Twelve, baby. Iowa State on Fox, big noon Saturday. I don't know why back-to-back weeks Fox has lost the bigger games, but anyways, big noon Saturday. Iowa State at Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma stunk it up big time, but Iowa State is like the weird. Like I think they might be the most overrated team in the country for like. <laughs> Like, like for absolutely no reason. Like, they always get respect. I love Matt Campbell, but I don't know. Uh, Oklahoma's four and a half points better than uh, Iowa State. I'll take Oklahoma on the bounce back to uh, to cover. Um, 7.30 ABC, number three Oregon, and number 23 Utah. So the number three team in the country is a three-point dog. Well, the number four team in the country is a 19-point favorite. And the number four team's playing the number seven team. And the number three team's playing the number 23 team. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe, maybe that Vegas ranked the teams. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Utah. I like Utah. I like the way they play. I think this Utah team is built to handle this Oregon team. Oregon has beaten other Pac-12 teams by being that kind of smash mouth, Mario Cristobal, punch of punch yeah. in the face type team. But Utah's built the same way. Utah, yeah. Utah runs the ball. With similar effectiveness, but Utah has a stud at linebacker in Devin Lloyd, who I think is going to be the difference maker. Uh, he he just he's a ball magnet this year. Um, I think he'll be able to slow Travis die. Um, I don't know. I just really like this Utah team. I think like Cam Rising has been kind of an out of nowhere dude for them, and Anthony Brown's had some lackluster weeks yeah. where they've really relied on his legs and not his arm. Uh, this should be a, a, a fun, like, smash mouth game in the Pac-12, shockingly. Yeah, I'm glad that we get this game kind of alone in primetime because uh, the East Coast bias has been too strong this year, <laughs> even though Oregon's ranked number three. Um, I totally didn't expect Utah to be favorite, and I was so ready to pick uh, Utah. Getting points at home, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy money. This is Oregon's finally going to get exposed. Um, that being said, I still kind of think that's going to happen, but with the Ducks getting points and me having to make up games against you, uh, maybe they get some bulletin board material. Say, Hey, we are the number, uh, top four team in the country. And, uh, we're going to go in and, uh, beat the Utes and, uh, at the very least lose by one. I'm going to take Oregon. Okay. Fair. Fair. Tibbs takes over the game. I don't think like Tom Thibodeau, what is he going to be there? Good joke, Rob. 